And it is time for Tech Fan Podcast. This is number 447. I am Tim Robertson, as always, joined by David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. How are you this week? Yeah, still soldiering on through through the next big lockdown. Not not pushing up daisies or anything? Uh, no, I did go for the... Um, I, I, I think I mentioned last week that I'm, I went for a trial vaccine. Mm-hmm. So I uh, had that on Thursday and um, no adverse effects as yet. So either uh, that's I, just because they gave you the saline solution. Yeah, it could, I could have got the placebo, or I could have got the vaccine, and it's really good. Or who? The well, hell I called know. ahead. I yeah. called ahead to make sure. <laughs> I mean, I thought it would be unfair for you to get a vaccine before you know, or that much farther ahead than me. I mean, come on. Fair enough. What, what are we doing here? Yeah. Uh, what we're doing here, though, is we've got a guest this week. Another David. We're going to call him Dave for the show, though. David Ginsburg. Um, welcome, David. Oh, uh, hey, Tim. Hey, David. Uh, thanks for having me. Really, really great to be here. Now, um, unlike our last time we had somebody on our show, uh, we've actually met in person. We have. Yeah. All three of us. <laughs> all three of us. Yeah. yeah. At, at uh, Mac Stock, of course. Yes. Uh, David is the host of In Touch with iOS, yes. which is a really good podcast. You guys, you do a lot of video with that, though. Um, we do video, but um, I, I don't... Uh, I, I don't. I need to be more aggressive with it. I, I record video each week, and then I also post my podcast onto YouTube as an audio podcast. But uh, yeah, we just record. We just do a live recording, and then I'm, I'm hoping to expand upon that sometime someday. But it's primarily an audio audio podcast, though. Yeah, nobody wants to see David or you know, David Cohen and I on a video. So we just, we, <laughs> yeah, we that. we'd need stunt doubles if we were going to do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking hand puppets. That would be cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. I actually, Dave, David, you already know this, or maybe you forgot. I actually had an idea years ago to do a video show with a hand puppet, and I and yeah. I built a mock-up. It was, um, boy, was it a an original? No, I think it was a SE thirty, maybe. I can't remember. It was an all-in-one original Mac, and I took the screen out. It was a dead machine, so it's you know people don't have to freak out. I took the screen out. And then I put cloth and like a puppet mouth where the screen was, and I put eyes on it towards the top of the monitor. And the idea was it would kind of be like a selfie video, but it would be the puppet talking mm-hmm. about you know whatever, and it would be more humorous. Uh, never went anywhere, but I think I still got that stupid thing somewhere too. I still you know, and it would be kind of a, a you know, remember the dog with the cigar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the insult. I can't think of it. Yeah, something in, insult. Uh, gosh, yeah, he was so funny. Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, the sen- that insult or the, the, the comic puppet from <laughs> yeah. yeah, triumph, or, or, triumph, triumph. The that's it. Comic doll, triumph. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that guy was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Or the, he was always at Conan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep, and he would go to stuff like conventions and and oh. political rallies and that Star Wars one was off the, off the charts. It was hilarious. Yes. <laughs> Um, or the pets.com sock puppet, yeah. remember that? Yep. So it was going to be something like that, but I just, I never ran with it. After a while, I was like, this is kind of stupid, so I, I didn't do it. But yeah, you're I, missing I all know. that sweet viral ad money. <laughs> right? I could have been the next sock puppet guy. But yeah, it is what it is. Um, you know, I had kind of a whole bunch of things I was kind of planning on talking about this week um including getting into podcasting because dave you're actually relatively new to podcasting to pair compared to you know old folks like 
David here and I. Yeah, about five, um, it's been almost five, over five years now. That's right. I the first time I met you was on stage at a MacWorld or a MacWorld, yeah, uh, MacStock Expo. Yep, we got it on record to prove it. A podcast. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> and uh, you weren't doing a podcast. Then. I wasn't. No. I remember telling you you should podcast. <laughs> you did that. You and Chuck, Chuck Joyner, uh, yeah, you both guys really yep. inspired me. And uh, here I am today, five years later. Well, you got a good voice for it. Thanks. You got the right personality. Um, I think. Kind of the key to podcasting is don't take yourself too seriously. Just nah. take the content seriously. Just, yeah, if you, you know, I mean, that's what, I, I think that's what brings out everything out in my podcast is they, everybody can tell my passion for, for Apple and iPhone. I mean, I got into Apple a lot, lot, lot uh, later in life than you guys. I mean, I wasn't, uh, I mean, I, I wasn't the Apple II world back in my high school days, but then I, I kind of wandered away from com- computers and then came back later and, uh, and then didn't get into really back into Apple till around uh, 2005, 2006, right? When the, yeah, you know, that's r- 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 the same time. Same as me. That's, oh, okay. that's, that's okay. yeah. I bet basically I got into Apple um, probably with the release of the Mac Mini, so yeah, that hmm. would have been exactly the same time. So uh, yeah, and and I have to say I think for those of us who weren't there through the Apple bad years, that's probably one of the best times to come in because it was just yeah. before iOS. Yeah, right. the iPhone launched about two three years later, uh, and so you you know the uh, Apple was really it was riding the the peak it was riding the peak of the iPod. Um, it was a real hot property in tech. Right. You could look into Macs. That's when, really, I mean, just just before they went to Intel Macs, that's when the PowerPC right. Macs and OS X was, was kind of at, at the, the top of its game. And then iOS came along and changed everything. It, it was a great, I've always thought, it was a great time to come in, um, you know, without necessarily having uh, some of the negative baggage of the uh, of this kind of late 90s early 2000s stuff when uh, when the you know the company was beleaguered yeah um so yeah i think i think it was a great it was a great time to join and and a lot of us i think got passion for apple on the back of those developments yeah and that's really what i mean i'm i'm in from ios from its from its infancy when it started so yeah well that's kind of really got me inspired to be to be around it i mean i'm pretty much have owned every single iphone since they've come out so yeah and i was and i really i really, i love the ipod too i mean i was a big ipod user as well um you know it was a few years prior to that but uh uh but yeah yeah that's that i didn't really think of it that way yeah and i I really, really came in right at a good time when iOS hit the stage. Yeah. yeah you guys came in at the time where the, it wasn't a beleaguered company, like David said. Yeah. Mm. I unfortunately came in when it was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I started publishing my Mac in 94, um, um, yeah. and 94 into 95, and it was a totally different company then. And the difference, I think, being that you had to have a really strong passion to really follow the company and the products. It was more, it was a combination of the, the company and the products. But for me anyways, it was still more about the products and the products of course at the time was Mac OS. It was so much better than windows. And, you know, for those in my generation that came up, you know, on online publishing and, and uh, when podcasting first got started in 2005, four, uh, four, uh, so I started my Mac in '95 and podcasting in 2004. Um, you know, it, it there was that nine-year period from when I started my Mac and when I started podcasting couldn't be more different because n- almost nobody owned a Mac when I was writing my Mac and posting it on online services like you know 
AOL and <laughs> eWorld and first class BBS servers and CompuServe and all those places compared to when I started podcasting, the iPod and the iMac really, really turned that company around. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this driving home the other day, and we'll get into some of the world events going on that has a really strong tech influence yeah. uh, in a little bit. But what really turned Apple around, honestly, was the iMac. Uh, yeah. A lot of people like to point at the iPod yeah. when it was released in 2001 and really didn't hit big until mid-2002 when they started supporting Windows. Um, but it really was more than anything the iMac i mean it was such uh and i think jason snell on six colors posted his top 20 macs of all time just a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. Uh, and he put the iMac the original iMac as number one um but the funny thing is you know even at that time when it came out and i bought one even at that time it wasn't the most powerful mac and it was lacking in a lot of things but there was just something about that machine that I think spoke to a lot of people and I think it also proved once and for all and maybe finally that Steve Jobs' whole thing that design matters. It's not as much as what's in it, but what it looks like as well. That's equally as important. And yeah. it, it really kind yeah. of took Apple to... How many people... You guys probably don't remember this, but I do really well. There was a lot of people that wanted to get it and a lot of women wanted to get it because it looked cute. The colors too. It looked accessible. <laughs> well, yeah, that was the th- well, the for not the first one though. The first one was just that body right. blue. Right, right. You yeah. know, it was a, it was a a while before we started getting all the different colors and the ads with the spinning IMAX and um, it, that that was the one machine that kind of broke through from computers is for nerdy geeky guys to your grandma might have one. Well, I think that I think that's the important point. For somebody who was really into PCs in the 90s, um, the first thing is is what the reason that all of a sudden PCs really exploded in the mid 90s was Windows 95. And Windows yeah. 95 effectively was a was a PC copy of of mac os that's that's kind of the way it works was very very similar but the thing is you were installing this on computers that ran dos and windows 3.1 which was very very technical uh, and all of a sudden you had something that looked much easier to use um and that's why windows 95 kind of really drove drove the, the explosion in growth of the pc and it became much more a consumer machine whereas before it had always been a business computer the problem was Underneath, it was still really hard to use. It had all those. It was Windows. The first version of Windows ninety five was basically a shell running on top of hey, DOS. Hey, David Cohen, if you can yep. hear me, yep, you might you might want to stop because we completely lost you. Okay. Oh boy, don't know what happened there. Yeah, it's pretty bad too. Yeah, real bad. Are you still there, David Cohen? Um, nope. He dropped off. So he, he's going to come back in. Okay. I was hoping it wasn't just me. You heard him kind of. I was going to hope it was going to work itself out. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping it was, but no, it didn't. David? Yep. Can't hear okay. me. Okay. Now we can. All right. Okay. We couldn't hear any of that, though. You kind of robot. And I'm not going to edit. We'll just leave that right in there. No problem. Okay. So, so um, yeah. So, what I was saying was that, um, you know, when Windows 95 came out, it was a copy of Mac OS. And the reason it was so popular was because it brought uh, it brought things that had never been available to Windows to computer users before, PC users, like long file names and drag and drop and 
um, that sort of thing, it made it much easier to use compared to an old DOS computer and even a Windows 3.1 computer. Yeah. Um, and, and that really propelled for a few um, years the PC out of the business into the consumer space. But the problem was, underneath, it was still the old DOS Windows, Windows model. I mean, Windows 95 ran on DOS yes, originally. Correct. Yeah, it was not integrated at all. And the difficulty with Windows 95 and the later versions was you still had to be fairly technical to use it if something went wrong. And then also as well, to buy a PC, there weren't many companies where you could go and buy a PC off the shelf that was a decent spec pre-installed with Windows 95. A lot of people back then were buying components and putting their own PCs together. And that was not remotely consumer-friendly. What the iMac did was it came along and it said, here's a computer that you can unbox and set up in five minutes. And you'll right. be on the internet and it will just work. It was the first yeah, time the, you kind of got that just work thing. thing. Yeah. It was the internet that... I, I can't remember how the marketing went, but it was... You just plug it in, and within five minutes, yeah. you're on the internet. And, and rem- it was true. Yeah, and remember, of course, at the same time, Microsoft had, first of all, ignored the internet, and then rushed in with Internet Explorer, and was then under, <laughs> um, to try and catch up, they, they, they kind of started doing monopoly stuff, and strong-arming consumers, um, and all of that was going on as well. So, um I, th- I think that's what dry. I remember there was a guy who was into Max when I was when I when I my first big job kind of t- ninety nine two thousand something like that, and he was going oh you want to get one of these iMac things it's so much easier than Windows, you know and I, I just really didn't know anything about it at the time but but I think that's what was was really building the uh, the success of and also the mindset of Apple because everything that that went on from there very much had a. Uh, you know this idea of we'll try and make it easy for you to use and we'll support you through it whereas microsoft you just you know you were just on your own really well i apple was always about trying to make it as intuitive as possible which in the early days of computing wasn't always the easiest thing but the original mac did change a lot um the imac by itself would not have saved apple you know um, as innovative as that machine was, and even the G4 gooseneck iMac uh, or the Cube, none of those things would have propelled Apple into profitability and saved the company long term. Um, but that, I think, in my opinion, uh, when the iMac came out, kept them in the game long enough for their next big idea, which of course was the iPod. And you got, you know, I've famously said this. You know, I did a review of the iPod that it's going to be a failure, and the reason is um, it only works with the Mac. And as great as it is, yeah. most of the computing world is using PCs, and they're not going to buy uh, an iPod because they can't put songs on it. You needed iTunes, and that wasn't available on the PC. Uh, so that and Sony, so Sony's going to get into this business with the success of their Discman and before that the oh my gosh. and, and <laughs> yeah. they're going to destroy Apple. They know how to do audio, you know? And I don't think I would have been wrong if Apple, in their infinite wisdom at the time, didn't turn around and release iTunes for Windows. And that was that was it. As soon as yeah. they did that, and supported USB. That was the other yeah. thing. Yeah, the Firewire was, fire was, fire fire fire. was so horrible. <laughs> my, yeah. my, my first iPod, um, as I was still a PC guy back then, was a Firewire iPod. I had to get a Firewire SD, um, yeah. PCMCIA card for my, uh, for my PC to be able to use it. I still loved it. Oh, me um, too. And I didn't mind doing that, but ordinary consumers weren't going to be doing that. So USB was key. Yeah, yeah it was. It was a lot of hacking. IPod, <laughs> yeah, a lot of hack. And that's not what you want to do. No. 
but on. but that original iPod, I mean, that business grew so fast. I mean, almost yeah. not quite overnight, but within a year and a half, everything was different. I remember going to uh, a Macworld Expo two years after the iPod was released, and almost everything was about the iPod. I mean, it was headphone manufacturers and little cases that you could put your iPod in, and it was just, it was insane. And that was the one product that really launched Apple, their second go-around, if you will. That's the product that really put them in a position to come out with the iPhone. Well, I, because I don't without think, the I don't iPod, think we, we never would have got it. That's that's what I was just going to say. We wouldn't yeah. have had the iPod without because no. because the iPhone is a basically let's combine the iPod with with a computer and make it a, a handheld device. Um, it's um, I mean you know famously Steve Jobs said that are you getting it yet? You know it's mm-hmm. an internet communicator. It's the best iPod we've ever made. It's a handheld browser. You know it was it was it was all brought together into one product. What's interesting is that. The uh, the iPod came out at the end of two thousand and one. Right. Um, well, and it was announced it you know a couple of months after nine eleven. Yeah. The October. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so it, it came out then, and then we had the iPhone by two thousand and seven. So yep. I, I we forget how quick it was. Yeah, that, yeah it was six, six years. Six yeah. short years. And, and 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 of course the big thing was that the the iPhone killed the iPod. And a lot of people were upset about that, that it just, wow, the, well, what are they doing? They're going to kill the iPod. Well, yeah, but they're killing it with their own product. Yeah. <laughs> yeah That's I mean, kind of the point. It, it hung on for dear life for a little bit of time. I mean, I think they, they still were making the classic, I think, for at least another three or four, I mean, three, four or five years until it yep. finally, finally died. I mean, they still have the iPod Touch, but they don't pay attention to that anymore. But, no. um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I remember vividly. And now, now that I have you guys talking about this, I think, yeah, I was really in the Apple world. I just wasn't in the computing end of it because I did own a, a, a second gen iPod and kept going on. And yeah, I was obsessed with it. And so it, it really, it really inspired me with what, they did with the with music because I love music and um, it was it was so fun. You guys, conti- you guys continue talking. I have a, mm. a wild uh, kitten deciding to play with a whole bunch of <laughs> I think a bowling ball in the other room. So yeah. I'm gonna go try to. I put it in the kitchen. We've got a half door between the dining room and the kitchen, and a little shit just leaped over it. I think so. I'm gonna right. see if I can get her to go in there and play with something. I'll be right back. Okay, so, uh, but yeah, like I was saying, uh, that just just the passion I had for the iPod was, was, was just uh, instrumental in me keeping going into the Apple ecosystem. See, I, I get on the show and I, I started starting to reminisce and think about some of the things yeah. that, uh, that I hadn't would really was doing, but cause I have my, I, my, everybody I asked me and I always think cause my first Mac was, I, I got a used PowerBook G4. Um, and so I, that was always where I think in the computing world, but no, really I was in Apple world cause the iPod, I was just obsessed with it. And you know, back Back in the days of Napster and, and, and having, all, you know, my, my hard drives filled with MP3s and, you know, yeah. um, so so the iPod was just the, the way to do it because uh, the, the players before the iPod were just oh, god awful horrible. So, so yeah, it was, it was it's, it's definitely, it was definitely a good stepping point to where it's brought me to the iPhone and where I'm an expert, not I'm going to say an expert, a subject matter expert of the, of the iPhone and iOS for today. So, yeah. I, I think uh, they used to talk about the iPod halo effect, that, that the iPod was the product that would bring people to the Apple store and allow them to be then sold into the rest of the Apple ecosystem. Right. And for many, many years, the Mac only had, it's got more now, but back then it only had about 5% of the PC market. Right. Um, and it kind of, 
tenacious he held on to that, but it, it wasn't ever growing. And so people kind of dismissed the Mac as, um, you know, as, as a niche product, which I, I guess really it was. But it, it was the... Apple realised, I think, very quickly with the iPod, the synergy between the devices and the computers was an opportunity. Uh, and they really built on top of that with, with the iTunes yeah, store. Um, they did. And, and, of course, yeah, the iPod was the culmination of that. But I distinctly remember, remember with the iPhone, uh, when the yeah. iPhone came out, um, I got, uh, my, my brother was, it wasn't available in the UK, so my brother was in the US and he picked me one up and brought it home. Um, <laughs> and back then you had to, you had to jailbreak it to get yeah. it working in the UK because there was no official support. Only AT&T, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I did that, got it working. Um, and I remember playing with it the first night I had it. And it was, you know, it's a fascinating device. It really, yeah. really was because it was so different. But I do remember thinking to myself, okay, you know, this is great. And the browser is great. And the email is great and all of that. But then it doesn't do anything else. And, and I remember yeah. thinking, I wish it did more. And of course, what what happened then was was um, the they quickly turned around from the idea of not having apps on it to having the app store, and that's why. Well, I, I don't know if they quickly turned around. You know, I know Steve Jobs famously said web apps. That's how developers can have their apps on the iPhone. But I do believe from day one, before they even released it, that there was plans to make this a little bit more open um, mm-hmm. for third party apps because. I think Apple was very, they had a lot of foresight with this, but they, they weren't ready with an app store kind of concept yeah. or monetizing it at the beginning because at the beginning they just needed to release the damn thing. Yeah. Um, but even still, though, that original iPhone, <clears throat> I was in the audience when Steve Jobs unveiled it. Um, nice. Yeah. There's quite a few of us from my Mac there, I remember. And the whole rotating. Uh, internet browser, music player, email, you know, that photos, that sort of thing. Right. Was, um, it, it's one of those rare times in history that you see history happening and you realize this is going to change everything. Um, I got that one right. The moment I saw the iPhone and he, he pulled it out, I knew it was going to change the entire cell phone industry. And potentially, with that much computing power in your pocket, with with real internet access it's just going to change everything and yeah. uh, it, it was it, i know it's kind of hackneyed to say but it was magical to see that thing for the first time it was yeah. just it was unbelievable and then to actually own one and and to be able to to go to your own website for me yeah. I, you went to mymac.com <laughs> sitting in the parking lot of at&t and it looks so good i could not believe it it was it's even to this day you know i try not to take for granted how much of a marvel these things are you know and android's come a long way don't get me wrong but i still don't think it's as good as the iphone i just don't yeah i agree it's it's clumsy yeah um i don't want to to look at these things and go yeah well all i want to do is complain yeah these things are magical they're, they're they're unbelievable what they do, and too many people I think take it for granted. Now, Dave, you do a show every week when you're talking about you know tips, tricks, and apps and things. Do yep. Do you worry about news? Do you worry about falling into that? You know, losing the magicalness of the device. 
no, because I, of its commonality? No, I don't. I mean, it, it just becomes magical every year. I mean, I've, I didn't buy the first iPhone. I, I, I waited. Um, I got the 3G, and then I've had everyone's ever since. So I just, I mean, when that first came out, boy, that was that, that was sticker shock for me. That was you know, 600, 600 bucks, I think, you had the button to spend to, to, to get one. So I waited and got the next one. But I've had every single iPhone ever since, and it's been magical every year. I mean, then I'm, I'm an upgrader every year. So um, I always see something that's going to continue to evolve. I mean, it's, you know, let's, let's face it. It's 50% of Apple's uh, uh, business. I mean, it, 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 I don't, I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon. And then you, you, you and then, and then them extending it with the the iPad and the, uh, the Apple watch and, and, and everything in that ecosystem too. I mean, so it, I, I, I don't I don't see anybody getting bored with with what I'm talking about when it comes to the, any of these products because of uh, because of that because Apple continues to evolve and, and they're continuing to come out with different things that comes with this so that uh, answer your question so let's talk a little bit about well actually let's talk a lot about what's going on in the world right now now we're recording uh, this particular episode on a Sunday it's January 10th 2001. Uh, the United States is 2021. <laughs> 21, sorry. Hmm. What did I say? You said 2001. <laughs> 2001, yeah. Went back, went back 20 years. Yeah, yeah back, back in those simpler, simpler times. Simpler days, yeah. Well, when you say that, that's kind of strange when you think that the iPod itself is now 20 years old. It yeah, is. but, you know, well, let's face it. Back in 2001, January 2001, we just had a big fight over an election <laughs> with a, a debate in the results. So, yeah, you know, of. the more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah, you know, well, but nothing like we've had this week. No, no. So this is the week that the, um, the Trump supporters breached the Capitol, and all hell broke loose. And I was amazed to see how many people were live streaming. Not the people watching it go on, but the people actually doing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that they've got their Android and their iPhone, and they're filming themselves and the other rioters, and they're literally committing a felony, and they're live streaming it to Facebook. Yeah. Um, I, 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 start with Dave. Have, have you have you seen anything like this before? That somebody that's committing a felony is actually never either too stupid to realize that what they're doing is a felony or are so convinced of their the justness of their cause that they think that this is great. I, I just never, I didn't get it. I mean, I have been watching a lot of the news lately. It's just, it's, I think a lot of people have and just seeing what, what what's continued to evolve with this. And yeah, I never thought ever that that, that someone would be that stupid to, to, to sit there and film themselves. I mean, you know, the guy sitting in Nancy Pelosi's desk and puts his feet up, take a picture. I mean, come on. You don't think they're not going to catch you? I mean, uh, the, the, the FBI has got thousands of photos that they've captured and people sending stuff in. So I never thought ever that people would be sitting there and filming as they go, I mean the, the the police officer that's stuck in the in the door. I mean, and then just constant video that you were seeing uh, over the media. I, I just I don't understand these people. Why why they even thought that this was this was even something they should be doing? Uh, as well as you know, they're they're going to be in jail. I mean, let's face it. They're at least people are going to be you know put away. And it, it, to to use the tool to, to to for that type of thing, I just think is just un- unbelievable, unbelievable in my head. I, I think we we live in a world now where everybody videos everything all the time, just right. in case it's it's right. viral, it's right. viral capable, and anybody who does anything. And look, we're talking about people who take picture of their lunch every day. Of course, if they've invaded the capital, they're going to take selfies. Um, yeah. I was 
I mean, this this was obviously this was a very extreme event. I would imagine that the, the number of those people felt that they were doing something historically significant and wanted pictures of being there at the time. Without and I think some of them thought it was generally was the beginning of a revolution, and so there would be no no payback except maybe they would get hero worship for being there at the time. There yeah, was they thought they were patriots. Yeah, uh, there was there was certainly there was a a, a subset of those people and i think these these are the ones who who um you know including the lady who got shot and killed who, yeah. who actually had far more ulterior motives they were yes. trying to get to the chamber and they were hoping to take somebody hostage or at least in person make their pleas for the for the election to be overturned and obviously you know unfortunately they felt the repercussions of that in terms of the lady who died and um some of the other injuries that, that happened I, be, I believe one of the per- people who died actually died from a heart attack caused by self-inflicted taser wounds um to his testicles yeah yeah <laughs> you gotta, you gotta put that in there you and a police officer it. that got killed too yeah well the police officer got killed got hit in the head with a fire extinguisher that somebody threw at him which is is just awful and the problem yeah. is is that the difficulty with what happened is they we had a crowd there that was whipped up into a frenzy they never expected to get inside but once they did they didn't know what to do and they did what most mobs do in that situation which is they milled around for a bit and then they started trashing the place um you know it was an it was an awful awful thing and um i think there's lots of faults on many sides um not just on the on on trump and instigating it and telling people to go to the capitol and demonstrate and all of that which obviously i don't think he ever expected them to break in um but at the same time i think you know some of the criticisms of of the police that they didn't police it the way they would have done if it had been a a civil black rights lives march matters. or a black lives yeah. matter march i think those are those are very very fair um and i would expect that there is a subset of the capital police force who probably had sympathy with it with the guys and didn't really stand in the way to let them get in um so so there's a whole mix of things going on here but but bringing it back to the the technical point we've never been able to see these things in in the detail that we can see them today right and that's both a blessing and a curse because the, the scenes were awful but at the same time, it's difficult for for these guys to run away from what they did. A lot of them were wearing their work badges, well, um, and a lot of people lost <laughs> yeah, their jobs because crazy. of yeah. this. Because you know their friends and family were pointing out these videos and pictures they're in on social media, saying, "Hey, there's there's Bobby." Yeah, and Bobby's employer saw it. Oh, Bobby called in sick today, yesterday. Or was he actually sick? Oh no, he was. He was inside the Capitol building uh, throwing a fire extinguisher. Well, guess what, Bobby? You're, you're fired. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, consequences beyond just I, I'm doing something illegal and could go to jail yeah. of losing their livelihood. You would think that they would be smarter than that. But social media, I think, played a huge part in perpetuating um, what happened. And as such, uh, kind of one of the biggest ones out there that was kind of catering was no kind of they were catering to this kind of mentality was parlor and david yeah we talked about parlor just a few weeks ago that it seems to be the home of the neo-nazis and, and hate movements um we didn't get any pushback from that so i think a lot of people must have agreed with us yeah um but apple and google um this week took down the app from the app store which was um you know, 
it's their platform. There, there's no free speech issue here. It's yeah, their right. platform. Right. You're using their store to, to facilitate, and you're not taking down posts that are calling for murder, you know, or sedition. And yeah. I think both companies did the right thing. Google just took it down. Apple gave Parler 24 hours to start moderating content. Yeah, I think Apple's probably... Which was disingenuous. Well, it's a bit more gun-shy at the moment yes. because, you know, they've, they're in the middle of other, other problems with other providers who where they've, you know, with the epic thing where they've imposed the rules and then also received lawsuits and that sort of thing. So I think they wanted to do it very much by the book. Well, um, by the book is, and you got to give more twenty four hours. Yeah, well, I, I guess so. But you know, they wanted to the, do their so. intention was to take it out. Yeah, well, and because, but the because, app will still work. This is the thing that a lot of people didn't realize at first. Well, they took them out of the store. Well, yeah, but if you've already got it on your phone, yeah. in fact, a whole bunch of people rushed to download Parler. It made number one on the Apple's App Store for that. Yeah. 24 hours that it was still there. I don't I don't think pulled. that's going to help because it's hosted on AWS and Yeah, so say AWS and Amazon's yeah, pulling it too. Amazon, so. Am, yeah, Amazon have said we don't tonight, want you on our platform either. As, so as we record this tonight and then I it's already known they're not ready to to have another provider. Who which provider is going to come with? Oh, we'll give you the bandwidth. <laughs> They, they say they Nobody's have all them in line, it. but I mean, come on. Yeah. When no. this happened, when this happened with was it Gab a couple of years ago? It was a similar sort of thing. It set itself up as a Twitter alternative where you weren't going to get censored. Uh, everybody rushed there. It pretty 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 quickly turned into kind of a you know a far right cesspool. Um, but but not just that. I mean, all the pedophiles turned up there, and all the yep. uh, rapists turned up there as well. Yeah, it became home of ick. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and Parler's suffering from the same problem. Now, Gab, they had to jump providers a couple of times, and then eventually I think they went away because effectively they couldn't find anyone to host them. I imagine Parler's going to be the same. Well, yeah. I think they're going to be even worse shape because it's way more mainstream of um, the issues, and I think way more providers are going to know exactly who Parler is, exactly yeah. who the user base is, the kind of content that's going to be out there. And I don't think... I, I can't imagine anybody wanting to be part of that from no. a business perspective. I, my only hope from all of this, if you, you've got to try and find something good out of this. First of all, finally, Trump has been banned from Twitter forever. And Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and Facebook. Facebook and all the others. Because and it, you it know, won't be long before. I, I don't know if Google has banned them yet from YouTube or not, but that's, it'll come. Yeah. So uh, uh, finally, after four years of putting up with him being able to say whatever he wants, to uh, incite and and direct and and insinuate and all of these things, he's finally been deplatformed, and and I hope that that will take a lot of the organisation out of these online forums because uh, effectively he's been a banner head. He's been the kind of the point of focus, and that's gone away now. I think that will take a just as we saw with with the capital attack you know that they were all kind of organized and with it and one message at the rally and as soon as they actually got to the capital then it was all like well what are we doing here what are we going to do now let's just smash things up i think it's going to be the same online as well i hope i think yeah. as well finally the um social media companies have realized that things have got to the point where they can't just you know do the see no evil hear no evil speak no evil thing where they've basically been going, oh, well, you know, it's not our content and we don't want to censor. And they're very, 
they're very laissez-faire about applying their rules depending on who the people people is and 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 what they've said and what their political what their public profile is and everything i think finally we've reached the point where they've said well we can't allow these sorts of actions to happen and and get we get any blowback so now they are starting to ban people they are starting to apply their rules a bit more rigorously and hopefully this has been a wake-up call for them to say they can't just ignore what's going on and what their platforms are used for now don't get me long it'll creep back because it always does but mm. at least well, my tried. fear is <laughs> yeah well here, here's my fear that the next guy that's like trump won't be as dumb as trump um you know the the dog whistles weren't really dog whistles because everybody could hear them um, the, the the next person like this will be a lot more intelligent and will do a lot more things using social media that's more under the radar. That's my fear. Well, the other and problem, if you're yeah. right, David, that they will start policing this stuff because even private groups can be seen by, you know, Facebook or um, yeah. that you, they're going to start taking content down and banning people. Uh, from the networks because you just can't have this and there has to be some if not accountability responsibility from these social media companies that if they're going to give the platforms it cannot be used um, for violence and hatred and and bigotry and and for for theft and for pedophiles and for stuff like this it's it can't be the, unfortunately the, the next step for somebody who wants to behave like this is to have their own platform um you know somebody who who owns a media company you can't stop them because because they own the media company i mean this is this is like the next step in, in the book of dictatorship 101 isn't it is is when you control the media yeah, you can control the message and you can steer things the way you want. Trump's been doing that, but he's been doing that with the unintentional collaboration of the media, of the Fox's, Fox Newses of this world, and then of, of a platform like Twitter, which mm-hmm. have enabled him to broadcast to millions of people and say what he wants. The difficulty is, is if somebody comes along and they own Fox News or, or the next Fox News, then you can't stop them from using that platform. Uh, and that's that's the issue that um, that potentially I think is the next thing that America might have to grapple with, or anybody else for that matter. I mean, it could happen. It could happen anywhere. It could happen here. Yeah, but there's you know, there's we, some right wing media's out that's out there now. The the networks that you know they're they're trying so hard to get on cable uh, providers and they won't let them on. Um, they have their voice, and uh, but uh, it's not out in the mainstream. But it, it could go out there. I mean, I, I yeah. think Trump was even talking about creating up his own network. But you know, with with, yeah. him, with with his term of fake news, that 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 really just just kept going on and on with this. So, uh, but uh, it, it's definitely interesting to see how uh, Twitter and Facebook had uh, reacted to this. They they you know. He's inciting violence. I mean, that's that. That's the bottom line to this. And they have their they have their rules in place for a reason. And it's not yeah. like they're trying to silence them just to silence them. There's, a, you know, he he and he did this. So uh, I think a lot this of people is, are saying they should have done it earlier. I'm glad they didn't. Here's why. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah I, I think that's glad he waited. They waited. He would he would have got he would have got reelected if it wasn't for Twitter. Right. What I mean by that is. Because of everything he was posting, he rallied so many people who were opposed to those views, and he just couldn't help himself. He kept posting this stuff and retweeting this vile stuff, and I think that it it rallied voters against him. I Mm. think if they would have kicked him off of Twitter, 
in year one or two of his presidency, he probably would have got reelected. Yeah, because he could have played the martyr card. You know, they mm-hmm. won't let me speak. Right. He it would have played into into a lot of his rhetoric. The real look, it's a double edged sword. Unfortunately, Parler and and those sorts of platforms allowed these guys to organise and do what they did last week. Yep. But technology and live streaming and everything allowed us to all see it as it happened. It became undeniable because the standard Trump playbook for this would have been. Um, oh, if we'd not had pictures from inside, would have been. Oh, there weren't as many as they say. Oh, they it didn't do Antifa, half the things. It wasn't yeah, actually it, our you know, people. it was yeah. it was it was a left it was left wing people dressed up as MAGA people. We've had mm-hmm. that some of that already. Um, you know, there would have been claims that because there was no evidence would have put doubt in people's mind. When unfortunately, when you see these guys who've all been seen at every single right-wing rally uh, and every single uh, anti-Black Lives Matter process and were also seen in the crowd at Trump's rally, then wandering around uh, with bits of, of, of capital um, signs and furniture and busts and what have you, uh, clearly on camera inside the building. You can't deny it. You can't... I mean, you notice that Trump has not tried to play this as fake news because it's undeniable and that is the power that the technology has given us and i think everyone needs to remember that um a lot of what happened look what the whole black lives matter came out of the fact that somebody was able there to add to there and record in detail right. what that policeman did to george floyd that's never yep. that's not been possible before and it became undeniable you, they couldn't come up with the, the cops couldn't come up with a story that um that kind of made excuses for their actions like so many of the time they do oh he pulled this on me oh he threatened me with that and all, there was none of it because it was undeniable and that was because there was a citizen there with a camera phone who could record the entire thing and I mean, that's why um, at the time i said when the iphone was first released that the killer app for the iphone and i think this is still true if not more so true now was the camera now the original phone did not do video Right. Uh, I don't think anyways. No, I don't believe it. Did. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Um, but once they released the video, but I, even still, just the pictures, the ability to be wherever you're at and always have a camera with you is going to change a lot of things. I thought that was going to be the killer thing. And it took good pictures. I can still go back and look at the original iPhone pictures. The first one I took was of my then very young daughter. She was, you know. 10 maybe I, I took a picture of her sitting on the couch and she's got her head tilted and it's a very cute picture and it's still a good picture now is it as good as what my iphone 12 pro does no no but it doesn't need to be yeah and the best camera in the world is the one you have with you when you need it yeah by we've far all, yeah we've all got pictures in our old archives oh, back, yeah. back when we used to print pictures of you know pictures that are on polaroid or um yeah. Yep. Or on print or something like that. They were taken with film, often with crappy yep. film, like a 125 or a, um, a 110 or something 110 like that. 110 or 126, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, but, the, but the, pictures, the pictures are still, you know, memorable to us. They bring back the memories. That's the, that's yeah. the power of pictures. It shouldn't, yeah. The quality nef- shouldn't really matter, though it's obviously nicer to get better quality pictures. I think we all No, I got, box, all I got boxes that. of the memories sitting up in my closet with all my slides yeah. and my negatives. And uh, I think I have a reel of 8mm, the old 8mm movies yeah. that I, I still have. You haven't transferred those to digital yet? No, I don't have a lot. It was an old footage of when I was really young when my, my parents were recording stuff. So I, I need to I need to convert that. Uh, there's, there's services out there yeah. years ago. Um, when iMovie was still kind of in its 
in its infancy. Um, My Aunt Dar had a old video. I I don't think it was Super 8, but just an old video from 68 that they recorded. And she had it converted at the time. And it came on CD. Uh, or DVD. No, right. it came on a tape. Sorry, they they sent a video right. a VCR Media tape. Yeah. And then VHS, I took yeah. that and I brought that into iMovie and I edited it with footage at the time from '97, '98, hmm. somewhere in there. Uh, it, I think it was '97. It was before I met Julie, um, and I made it into a Christmas present for uh, the family at the Not time. Not fun. And we watched it all together. Nobody except for my Aunt Dara had seen it yet. And even she didn't see the final product. She just see the, saw the original uh, stuff yeah. that she had converted. And I put music to it and stuff like that. It's on my Facebook page. And, um, boy, there wasn't a, a dry eye in the house that Christmas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's, So I would, yeah. I would strongly suggest, David, you get that converted sooner yeah. rather than later. It doesn't cost a lot. And even if it did cost a couple yeah, hundred bucks, so just, what? What's, I mean, the, what's the price of your memories? Yeah, I mean, I they were all in small, you know, back in those days, they had them on those small reels. I mean, I had, I had, I was already starting to do it. I spliced all those videos, all the, the, the movies together. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's all in one it's reel. Like, so I remember <clears throat> probably once every 12, 18 months when I was growing up, my, my mom would get the, uh, the video, the, um, the small reel projector out and would project all the cine films that she shot when we were small. Yeah. Um, and there's two things I remember about that is that it was fascinating to see them. no sound obviously in those days uh, right. on those um, it was fascinating to see them even after after you know we saw them relatively regularly you always spotted something you'd not spotted before uh, and secondly I remember that every time every time we played them they we would get less video because they would always get stuck in the projector and melt and and yep. she'd have to splice <laughs> around that you know and um, of course once you get them into a digital format nowadays, you don't get that loss. So, no. uh, so that's something else as well. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's it's important to to take those old, uh, we'll call it analog, video and and pictures, and get them digital sooner rather than later. I jumped onto this many years ago. Really, I I did, and you know I've got hard drive backups of everything and a lot of it's on social media one of my uh uncles uh on facebook started an old family photo album group with just family members from my side of the family and he will post pictures i've never seen before some of them of me as you know as a baby that i never saw those photos you know so even though social media can help facilitate hatred and bigotry and violence, it's also got its good points, which is, yeah. I think, something that should be focused on as well as the bad stuff. And I yeah. just don't think that the good aspects of a Facebook, and I'll just use that because it's the most popular, let's be honest, yeah. um, focusing on, on the good parts of it, like this group my uncle started, that I get to see photos, and of course I immediately grab them and put them on my desktop and stick them in iPhoto and back them up, um, you know, it can be a really positive, cool thing. It can it can preserve your family history or historical things, and you know, let's let's not overlook that because I think that there's a real value there. That you know, when we just keep posting about how bad Facebook is, and I'm leaving Facebook because of this, right. what about all the good things? What about connecting yeah. with people that you went to school with, or you know, you went through a divorce two years ago and you just hooked up with 
your uh, high school sweetheart. Those kind of things happen all the time because of Facebook. Yeah, hey, I found a class ring on on a field trip, uh, and it was from 1989. And I found the person whose ring it is because I found the Facebook group for that high school for that year, and they were a member. All it said yeah. was Alicia, and boom, there's an Alicia. Hey, did you lose a? Oh my God, this is these kind of stories don't get the press or don't get the attention that I think they deserve. And, and that's also the power of a Facebook or a social media, that it can really bring people together as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's, I'm sure those sorts of stories are very much what the people who run Facebook have got at the top of their minds, is the, is oh, yeah. the positive power of that. And you're absolutely right. We shouldn't just diminish that because it gets abused by um, a minority of its members. But but I, by the same token, I don't think we can um, we can ignore the abuse either. I think we need to no, recognize but I, I don't that, think that the, you. Yeah, I, I just don't yeah. think that it's fair to only focus on or to have most of the attention on the negative aspects. You know, uh, you could do the same thing with the iPhone. Oh my God, people are using their iPhone to, um, you know, communicate with with bad guys, with other bad guys, and look what yeah. they're planning and. We, well, we need yeah. To, we, everybody needs to stop using the. I'm not going to use the iPhone because some. It's stupid. Yeah, well, but the, but the same token, law enforcement says they they don't want encryption on the iPhone because people are communicating with bad guys, and it's like there again, it's a thing where they the the negative thing they're focusing on, they want to throw out all the positives of that encryption that most of us use because they've got a few bad guys on there, and and again, that's where we say, well, hang on a minute, what are the trade-offs we're making, the correct ones here or not? So yep. um, that's so. that's a it's a it's a delicate balancing act. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, uh, the same thing. It, it it's just it, it's really hard hard to really. I mean, not much else I could say about it. it, it it's just really hard to hard to do that. It really is. It, I, I, I if, don't know if it wasn't for Facebook and Twitter, you would never have gone to Mac stock. You wouldn't be podcasting right, right now, most likely. More than likely, um, yeah. I mean, it's. Um, I. I give you, you mentioned a class ring. I'll just very brief story about it. I mean, I, I didn't have Facebook at the time because when it happened, you know, was, this was back in the, uh, in the nineties before Facebook was around. Um, I ended up giving a, a class ring to, to an old girlfriend and then you know, we broke up, but she never gave it back to me and I kind of forgot about it and it was lost. And then I think she either lost it or whatever happened. Well, turned out someone emailed me and said they, f- they found it on a driveway in Arkansas, which I had never been to Arkansas in my life and uh got the email then she sends it to me Uh, and you know back in those days that's really the only way you could do that it's like either through you know either through email or through through the 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 postal service mail and uh you know those are the kind of things that that happen now that you you see you hear more and more stories on facebook you know even on twitter and instagram too i mean it's it it really is is a place that you can really find out things uh you know uh, quicker and uh, easier than you ever could before yeah yeah, I think it, it. They're very powerful tools to bring people together. Unfortunately, they're also very powerful tools to push people apart. And yeah. I think that if anything, what happened at the Capitol this week is that if you could take any positives away from it, is that people are going to be more cognizant of stuff that they see online and keep track of it. I.e., you see a video of someone doing something that's wrong. Maybe people are capturing that because of social media, so the per- person can be held responsible. That kind of thing. Look, there was a guy in, um, I want to say West Virginia or somewhere, um, 
was on the uh, state elected official. He was there at yeah. the Capitol, and he he live streamed it. Yep. And he turned around and deleted it after the fact, but it was too late. Somebody <laughs> else come had up grabbed with, it. He's come up with nothing some, ever leaves the internet. He said he was a journalist. And <laughs> he was assistant journalist. He was swept along by the crowd. <laughs> right, just, but yeah. but but in and you may have believed that if it wasn't for the fact that everyone saw his video. Yeah, you know, the, before they got into the Capitol, where he was talking about wouldn't it be great if we got in? Yeah, um, and then you know. He tried. He, he I, I give him credit. He did. He took the footage after the fact, after he deleted it, and then re-edited it with his voiceover, saying, "This is when I was following the crowd." No, you weren't. You were part yeah. of the crowd. You drag. Yeah. You know. So in those respects, hey, the bad guys are caught because of social media, because of their own stupidity. And again, I'll say this: that my only fear is the next guy in like a Trump won't be as dumb. Yeah. Nope. It does it does kind of make you realize, though, that, you know, we see this stuff in the movies all the time where there's all these shadow, shadowy um, government agencies doing this, that and the other. Uh, and, um, you know, whenever there's a there's a crisis, whether whatever it is in the movie you're watching, whether it's alien invasion or um, um, a threatened nuclear attack or something like this, there's always a group of guys who know what's going on who are going to try and stop it and everything. It just makes you realize that actually... No, the 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 mechanisms of government unfortunately are um, slow to respond uh, and don't always respond in a very good way. And the the and protections. You'd I mean, you'd, if you just said before last week that a group of guys could just sweep into the capital and occupy it, yeah, you know, while while Congress was in session on an important session like uh, validating the the electoral college results, but nobody would have believed you. Uh, and yet it turns out that that's exactly what happened. Um, and uh, the, you know, there was no emergency response team from an elite, you know, from an elite right. group of guys. There was no, um, out, you know, loader outsider who, with special sets of skills who was capable of taking down the ringleaders and saving the day. There was no guy with a shield. <laughs> there was, was just, you know, a few guys who were a couple of grades above a mole cop. Um, no black guy with an eye patch. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know. Now, so. but do, do you wish we? Do you, let's be honest though. Don't, don't you kind of wish there was a person like that? Not really, because that person would probably. You, you know the 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 difficulty with the, with the guys like that. I'm thinking about um, you know what what's it called? Um, Olympus 24. has fallen and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah twenty four or that sort of thing. The problem is, is that those guys work for the government. And in this case, it was the government that caused this problem in the first place. Well, it was part of the government. Yeah, but um, but he it was the commander in chief. So yeah. you know, it was the commander in chief. So, so in maybe all of those these movies, do exist, David, that's who those guys report to. Maybe these things that we're saying don't really exist actually do. Then David and you know they were told to stand down. I I think we all recognise that if Trump found out something like that existed, his immediate <laughs> yeah. response would be, how can I use this to my uh, personal benefit? Yeah, that's why I know, you know Area 51 is complete bullshit. Because yeah. <laughs> he would have been tweeting about that crap for the, the second day in office. Yeah, if, yeah, exactly. If if Area 51 actually had aliens in it, he would be taking credit for them being there and, <laughs> you yeah. know, saying that he's, he's you know... Why? Why aren't we 
why are we um, capitalizing on this technology? Big brains are needed. Hey, takes well, credit for the space force. Someone so. pulled him aside and said, "If you tweet about this, you will die." <laughs> and the person that told him was very convincing. <laughs> yeah, well, he takes credit for the space force, so you know he, he the space is important to him. So that's right. <laughs> Still the worst name in the world, Space Force. I I love the fact they copied the logo of the United Federation of Planets as well. Yes. Well, I mean, if you're going to copy anything, David, let's be honest. That's that's a pretty good one to copy. Yeah. Uh, We're coming up in an hour. Uh, Dave, anything you want to chat about before we wrap up? No, I think uh, this is a, this is a great conversation. You know, a lot a lot going on in the world, and uh, gave me a little opportunity to reminisce about the history of Apple and uh, where I've been and where I've evolved. So, no, I don't think I have much else to add today. David, uh, I've got one question for you, Dave. Which yeah. is uh, obviously you're a podcaster and you're a big iOS user. Mm-hmm. Um, do you hope that one day we're able to completely do all our podcasting on our iPads rather than have to rely on Macs? Um, yes and no. I mean, I, 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 in fact, I've, I've done, I did, uh, uh, speak, speech, uh, uh, spoke at Mac stock and talked about potentially could the iPad be your full-time device? Um, yeah. I think it's, it's getting there. I think, uh, it's something I'm hoping we could do at some point. I mean, it, it, it's really, really close. I mean, I just bought that new, uh, OWC, uh, the, the Thunderbolt fourth hub, yeah, that just came out and uh, um, <clears throat> and I plug it into the iPad and, and wow, this is awesome. I can have three drives plugged into one and I know they've had hubs before, but this and this thing has really got some power to it. The only reason I bring that up is is the fact that, yeah, things like that can be hooked up. And I've seen, you know, like our friend Guy Searle uh, hooks up his rig up into his iPad and he's done a lot of stuff too. It's there. Definitely get It's there. It's possible. There are apps out there and I think it's it just has to be simpler. I mean, the Mac has just really still made things a lot easier to do thing uh, to to do a podcast. You know, I've got a Rodecaster Pro device here. You you got to bring all your devices with you to to get yeah. the best quality sound. So it's there, but I can see it. I could see it. it's getting close. It's closer and closer each year. Is is really the frustrating thing for me is that I found that um, especially with Big Sur now that the Mac is getting less and less user friendly. I mean, I yeah. I'm, I was just setting up a, a control service. Um, that, I, that I bought off eBay the other day on my Mac, mm-hmm. and the number of security prompts I had to go through just to get the oh, software for that working was just crazy. And I, and I, again, I thought this this used the, this used to be the the Mac that where everything was easy. Now you get one of these steps wrong, and the thing won't work. The advantage of iOS is generally there's less of that. It tends to be plug in, uh, maybe one one prompt, and then off you go to the races. Except that the races you go to are, are a little bit of a canter rather than the uh, Kentucky Derby. Yeah, well, I think with the, with security the way it is, uh, Apple's really gotten uh, to a point where they've 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 added so much security with the T2 chip on the Mac and and all the other things that they've implemented for security. I, I think they're they're just more and more trying to uh, beat out the the Windows world of things because you know there's always there's always their concerns of security with how many security patches. You know, with me being an IT support guy dealing with Windows every day, yeah, you, I see it all the time. Um, the, the security's just always been horrible at Windows, so Apple's really has has always had that focus on wanting to keep the Mac OS as secure as it can. And I understand where they're coming from when it comes to that. Um, they've obviously changed the platform with, with you know, going from the M1 chip now, uh, from Intel to the M1 chip. So they want to keep things uh, secure in that sense, uh, uh, as well as faster. And I just got an M1 Mac Mini, so I, I can attest to that. So uh, yeah. it, it's, uh, I, I think that that in itself is, is 
is where Apple is on that. But I mean, it, it's it's definitely possible that Mac, uh, iPad OS, and iOS is gonna it could it could eventually end up like that. I mean, already we I've I've attempted to look at apps to uh, iOS apps to run on an M1 uh, chip. So you, you obviously that the platforms yeah. are very similar now. So I think that's where it's gonna go. As in, eventually is is you know Mac OS and iOS and iPad OS are gonna be yeah. you know in tandem. So yeah, I, I see it yeah. happening. It's a lot Do closer now than it was than I, than I when yeah. I talked about it. You know, six years ago, five six years ago. Yeah. So, do, do me a favor, Dave. As a Roadcaster user, get in touch with them like I did and say we need an iOS version of the Roadcaster app so we can pull stuff off our Roadcasters. Using I agree. IPad. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The the the, uh, the 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 app is is great. It's gotten a lot better on the on Mac OS, but yeah, we definitely need something on iOS too. I agree. It'll come. Yeah, it will. It's, it's they're, they're, they are slow. I mean, I mean, I've had it. I've I've had it for over a year now, and uh, I love it, the Rocaster Pro, and it yeah. uh, it, uh, it. I'm glad they did the firmware upgrade because the firmware that came with originally was not so good. It's 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 better, but I keep rumoring having more firmware releases on it, and nothing's nothing's come up as of yet. But I'm using the the Pod mic I'm talking on. I love this mic too. So they make good stuff. Road. Yep. So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. Uh, David Ginsburg, thanks very much for joining us this week. Really thanks so much. It, man. This was a blast. I really enjoyed it. We'll have to bring you back, and hopefully, Absolutely. we won't have an attempted cool at the yeah. time. You know, we can <laughs> yes <laughs> talk about some other stuff. Uh, David Cohen, uh, I'll see you next week on um, Geeks Pub. Yep. Uh, as a uh, teaser, we're going to be talking about Death Star PR. Uh, mm-hmm. They they put something out there. Uh, Quibi. Um, interesting concept didn't work where they're going to end up and uh, when we come back here in two weeks we're going to talk about some feedback from uh, John Dimorowski he had some headphone stuff he wanted to talk about a little bit Um, but we will be back next week I by the way I did get a couple emails um, from listeners last episode was I think the first one that I didn't put in the tech fan feed and for you know geeks pub and yeah. um, I, I had some people going what happened in the last episode uh, i separated the shows officially um if that doesn't go over or people are like wait a minute i was enjoying both but i don't want to subscribe to both i might just put it back in but we'll see you know, let me know what you guys think out there should i put the geeks pub back into the tech fan uh, feed so if you're subscribed to tech fan you're also going to get geeks pub I mean, it's 95% the same show, except we talk about geeky stuff. Uh, let me know. The sh- email address is theshow at techfanpodcast.com. Of course, you can always go to techfanpodcast.com or mymac.com and leave a message right there in the show notes or go to either Twitter or Facebook and hit us up there. David, I'll see you next week. And again, David Ginsburg. Um, one more shout out for your show. Yeah, in touch with iOS at uh, intouchwithios.com. Come take a listen. Uh, really have a great time with the show. Yep, great show, guys. Make sure you uh, subscribe to that one as well. See you in a week. See you then. Bye.